Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Islam. I am your host, Imam Hassan A. Amin. In today's episode, we're going to talk about hate or racism from the Islamic perspective. Give you this one note, and that is at the end of this episode, a general message to my fellow clergy. So you can also stay tuned if you're not a clergy, but please. Call your clergy and tell them to listen in uh, to what I have to say. This is a special message directly towards them. Um, first of all, I want to say hate of any of any race or hatred of any race of, of people is not part of the Islamic faith. Nor hating people because they are from a different tribe or region of the country. Allah says in chapter 49, he says, O mankind, I have created you from a single pair of a male and female and have made you into nations and tribes that you may know each other, not that you may despise each other. Our most honor of you in the sight of Allah is he who is the most righteous of you. And Allah has full knowledge and is well aware of all that you do. As a college professor, I, used to, I had a, a class called a sociology class. And so what I used to have my students do as a, an assignment is that they would have to talk about assignments or write about or interview people outside of their own, their own what you call race. In other words, if you were race X, you had to interview someone from race, race Z. You cannot interview or talk about or write about someone from race X if you're from X. Because I wanted them to learn about other people and even their group assignment. It was anyone, if you had a majority of people from group X, then you all, they all could talk about someone from group, from group Z. And it, it was amazing because they learned more about someone from another culture, which, which was great. They, got, uh, they broke down the barriers between them and that other people, people from the other culture. Matter of fact, I had one, one young man who interviewed uh, people from the Korean, uh, from the Korean uh, um, um, group. Uh, uh, and he learned a lot from them until they became very, very close. And they even invited him to, because he's from Group X and they're in the Koreans, and they invited him to come to their country as, as their guest. They call him their, his number, their number one son. And so some friendships were developed because of this. And we can't not like a person only based on the color of their, of their skin. That is not enough to hate, hate an individual. And I'm going to go on. We are encouraged not to hate in Islam of Allah, Allah's Messenger, may peace be upon him. He said, do not hate one another, nor, nor be jealous of one another, and do not desert one another, meaning not, not talk to each other over a certain amount of time. For Allah's worshipers be brothers. So we are not uh, in Islam, it's not part of Islam, for us to hate one another or be jealous of one another 
are separated from one from one, one another, which also means also other people too that are not part of Islamic faith. You don't treat people because of the color of their skin in a wrong manner, in a night a not good manner, and or treat or treat them well. We need to all understand, and maybe you can explain this to me, that none of us, to my knowledge, would stand in front of a, a sort of a menu on the wall and say, "I'll give me color number one." hair number two. Okay, I'll take body shape number three. It doesn't work like that. We had nothing to do with selection of the, of the color of our skin or who we are. Our mother and father got together and in most cases got together and then they and then you were produced or we were produced from, from a pair of a pair of people. And so I just want to say that we have no choice. I have no choice in who I am and you have no choice in who you are in terms of the color of your skin or the race that you race that you come, come from. May peace be upon him. He said in his farewell address, it was during the time when he had just made Hajj, and we talked about Hajj a few episodes ago, and he had thousands of people before him. And in this address, part of his address, he said, Oh, people, be aware your God is one, has any superiority over a non Arab, and no non Arab any superiority over an Arab, and no white one, white one has any superiority over a black one, and no black one any superiority over a white one, except on the basis of taqwa, which is piety. For among you, in the sight of Allah, is he who is in righteous of you. The prophet may peace and blessing be upon him. He instructed the people and told the people in his last sermon, in a strong sermon, where there are thousands and thousands of people there, and that is no distinction. You're not over me because you're white. I'm not over you because I'm black. And you're not over me because you're Arab. And I'm not over you because I'm non-Arab and, and kether, kether, kether in like this, this sort, this sort of way. This is not the way that a Muslim is supposed to think, nor is a Muslim supposed to act in, in any kind of manner opposite of the instructions of the Prophet and peace and blessing be upon him. Story about Bilal ibn Rabbah. Bilal ibn Rabbah, he was one, uh, he was a slave. And then he became Muslim. And his, and his master found out that he was Muslim. So he tortured him and put, laid him down on the ground. And he put this big rock on his chest, a sort of stone on the chest. And he told him to give up this Islam that you that you worship. And give up this Allah that you worship, this Islam that you practice. And, and Bilal, he said, ahud, ahud, meaning one, one. Like, I'm not giving up my religion. Kill me first. And then he was also what you call the Mu'adhan. He's the one that called the people to prayer. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And to the, to the end of this entire prayer, he would call the people to prayer. And so this was the status of this beautiful man, Bilal. And he was one of the early, early ones that, that embraced Islam and refused to give up Islam. And so the story goes, that goes like this. Abu Dhar. He was the leader of one of the people, one of the tribal people, and he was the one that accepted Islam early in in the, in this uh, in, in, in this Islamic days, in the early Islam. Accepted Islam in early days. I'm sorry. He said once I was conversing with Bilal, our conversation gave way to a dispute. Angered with him, the following insult burst from my mouth: "You cannot comprehend this, you old son of a black woman." As Islam expressly has a racial 
and tribal and color discrimination, both upset and, and greatly angered. A while later, a man came and told me that the messenger of Allah, may peace be upon him, summoned me. I went to him immediately. He said to me, I have been informed that you address Bilal as a son of a black woman. I was deeply ashamed and could say nothing. God's messenger continued to reprimand. This means you still retain the standards of judgment comic days of ignorance. Islam has eradicated all those false standards of measure judging people by blood, fame, color, or wealth. It has established that the best and most honorable of men is he who is the most pious and upright in conduct. It is right, or is it right to defame a believer just because he is black? Abu Darb felt profound remorse. He went straight to Bilal's house and putting his head on the threshold said, this head will not rise from this from here until the blessed feet of Bilal tread on the face impolite Abu Dhabi. Bilal responded, that face deserves to be kissed, not trotted upon, and forgave Abu Dhabi. It is also mentioned in another saying of the prophet, peace be upon him. He said, you shall listen to and obey your ruler, even if he was an, as a, an Ethiopian slave whose head looks like a raisin. I want to mention also that in Islam, we, don't not, we do not separate or tell a person from X group that they cannot marry a person from Z group. If the person is a good Jew has a taqwa I mentioned before, the piety, then we can't go and say to our daughter, for example, and put a gun to our daughter's head and say, you can only marry X people, or you can only marry Z people. And we don't also come down on a person and do and say all kind of racial things to, uh, to them because they're from Z group or they're from X group. The, we cannot do that as Muslims and keep our daughters or our, son, our sons from marrying persons from another group of people. As long as they're righteous people, as long as they're good people, marry. Because no one, no one can help who they fall in love with. If I fall in love with a person that's from X group and I'm from Z group, I fall in love with that person. I'm going to take care of that person. I'm going to cherish that person. I'm going to grow my family according to what Islam tells us to do. Islam tells us not to do. And I'm not going to do anything that's going to harm the individual because I love her or I love him. So this color thing between us, it has no room in Islam. This color thing that divides me from you has no room in Islam. I want to mention something else. And that is, Muslims, we have congregational, congregational prayer on Friday. Christians on Sunday and Jewish people, for the most part, have it on Saturday. And in a lot of different faiths, if you go, and I'm not talking about the ones I just mentioned, but a lot of different faiths, when you go to their places of worship on certain congregational days, you only see a certain type of people there, meaning from one particular cultural background 
or all whites or all blacks or all this, all these different different colors that I um, that that I just mentioned. But when you go to, for the most part, a uh, Friday prayer, a congregational prayer, of, and the Muslims are having it, then you look inside there, you see so many people all over the world in a congregational prayer. Matter of fact, the only place that you you would see more color in it is a box of crayons. I also want to mention that the prophet, may peace and blessed be upon him, said, believers who show most perfect faith are those who have best, um, best disposition and are the kindest to their families. So it's not about the color of my skin, it's about my disposition, how I am as an individual. And also a person lineage is not important in Islam because the prophet also said, Allah will not inquire about your lineage on the day of resurrection. In the sight of Allah is he who is most pious. So because you come from a certain family, rich, poor, whatever, it means nothing on the day of judgment when we go before our Lord, naked, uncircumcised. It has to be judged before our Lord. That does not matter because you come from this so-called prestige family. That does not matter. What matters, again, is your that the piety that you display. It also, I want to mention this, is that Allah does not see the outward appearance and your possessions, but he sees your hearts and your deeds. And again, your, your possessions, your appearance, and also your lineage does not matter to Allah. He's not going to say that people from X group, you all go to paradise, and everyone else, you go to the hell fire. That's not how it works. It's about our deeds. It's about our heart. It's about our character. That's in our piety and our righteousness. That's important in Islam, from the Islamic perspective, and not all those things that are that are really you saw see a person the color of their skin, so they're greater than me. Or see a person color their skin, they're less than I am. I also want to mention one more thing, and that is that your 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 deeds or what you do and your character is so important that when you go to your grave, three things go with you to your grave, two leaves your grave, and then one goes in the grave with you. Now, let me tell you what they are. Your family, your wealth, and your deeds go with you to the grave. But once you put inside of your, once you put inside of the grave, the thing that goes, that goes with you to your grave are your deeds. And the things that walk away are your relatives, and your wealth. You hear them when you're in the ground, you hear them walking above your head, walking away from you. But what goes into the ground with you are your, are your deeds, your good deeds, as well as your bad deeds. Now we're coming to a conclusion here. The special general message or appeal to my fellow clergy. They may not like what I am about to say, but it needs to be said. And the message is this to them. Perhaps the biggest promoters and supporters of hate and racism may be intentionally or unintentionally done by some of my fellow clergy members. One of our responsibilities as clergy is to prevent hate and racism from spreading amongst the people. We may be supporting it by not standing up against it and remaining silent when we see it practiced amongst the members of our faith and in our society. 
I encourage my fellow clergy to stand up against hate and racism amongst members of, of your faith and in society in general. All clergy have the responsibility to right wrongs and not stand by and see wrong being done by any group of people and we remain silent. We see people using our faiths to harm other people and we remain silent. We see politicians or political figures harm other people and we remain silent or we make up excuses for them. If you fear man and allow hate and racism to spread across the land, perhaps you may need to look for another line of work because you are not benefiting the people in need of your spiritual guidance and spiritual leadership. On a day of judgment, when Allah asks you about you standing up against injustice in the land, remain silent, or will you have a lot to say about how you feared only Allah and you were a great defender against hate? A little bit better by motivating the people to stand up against hate and racism. This can be done in our sermons and also in our public gatherings. So I wanna conclude with this one verse from Quran, which from chapter four, the 130, uh, 30, 35th, uh, what you call verse. Allah says, O believers, stand firm for justice and bear true witness for the sake of Allah even though it be against yourselves, your parents, or your relatives. It does not matter whether the party is rich or poor. Ayat or the, or the particular verse. So let not your selfish desire uh, swerve you from justice. I want to thank you for tuning in today to Islamic Faith and Focus. I have been your host, Imam Hassan. Hey, I mean, and please tune in, tune in again next week on this episode, and please support the VIN Network. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This has been a production of the Venn Network.